Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri, speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Great to be here tonight, and uh, I was thinking of, um, of what to talk about, and what came to mind was swimming. So I want to talk about swimming tonight. I was a swimmer in high school. I was uh, on the on the slew high swim team for four years. My senior year, I dropped down to JV because I was bored out of my mind in swim practices. But there was always something exciting about doing the swim meets. Any day where there's a swim meet, not just regular practice, I'd wake up that morning and there would be a little bit of an energy. Usually I'd try to have like a larger dinner the night before. And then throughout the day, I was thinking of the event I would be swimming later that day. And then you finally get to the point where you are, uh, you're at the swim meet, the whole team will warm up together. There's like push-ups, sit-ups, all those, all those kinds of things to get, to get your body limber. You do a lot of laps in the pool. And then you sit on a bench for a prolonged period of time watching all of the other people swim their races. And then finally, there comes the moment where you're told, hey, it's your, time, your turn to go. go. Go stand by the block. You stand behind the swimming block where you dive, dive off of. And then the old guy, the, the ref, comes on with the speaker and says, swimmers, get on the block. And you stand up on the block. And then there's this moment where the entire world is silent. And you take a deep breath, and then he hits a button, and a light flashes, and there's a buzzer that goes boop, and you dive in the pool and you swim as fast as you can. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. Because tonight, we're kind of at that transition moment where you all have been going about your day over the course of the summer, doing lots of different different kinds of activities. Uh, I imagine some of you have probably been to different countries since you've last seen each other, last seen your friends. Some of you have probably um, made some new great friendships and had experiences with other people that will profoundly impact the kind of person you become in the future. Some of you may have fallen in love with another person, or you may have fallen out of love with, with a particular person. Some of you may have uh, had a loved one pass away. Anytime you say goodbye, leading into summer break, when you're in college or in high school, there's a sense of uncertainty that before we meet again, before you see your friends again, you know that both of you will be changed in some way by your experiences in life. So you've been going about a busy day, in part. And now here we are at the first Ephesians 3 meeting and you are on the cusp of diving into the pool to swim as hard as you can for the rest of the year. And so tonight, I want to take a deep breath with you to take a pause to consider where have I been over the summer 
what has moved me, what has impacted me, what am I receiving right now, and where am I heading to? And so throughout this talk, I'll take time, we'll take some time to kind of pause and reflect a little bit, to, in order to, um, to kind of enter into that spirit of prayer, and to consider where we've been, where we are right now in relation to the Lord, and where we're heading to. And so first, to consider where we've been, some of the questions I already asked you. But just to go a little bit deeper, to think within your own mind, is there any new person that you've met over the course of, the, of these past three months who has changed your life in some way? Are there friends that you said goodbye to as you're heading to college for the first time? That you're wondering right now what they're experiencing and what they're doing? Are there any experiences that have been negative, that have made you a little bit more bitter, or a little, that you're, you're carrying some weight from some experiences of your summer? It's good to be in touch with the places that we've been. And now consider as well that you've been going about your busy day, the metaphorical day, which is really a summer, but so too have all the people who are sitting next to you. And you don't know exactly what the person who is sitting next to you has experienced. You don't know who has impacted them, or if they've suffered some kind of loss or grief, or if they've discovered the vocation that God has for them in their life. It's a great mystery when you consider the many people who are sitting in this room, very good friends of yours, and to consider that you really don't know what's going on in the depths of their heart. And how over the course of this year, as you journey together as a Newman community, that some of this great mystery that's contained in the hearts of your friends, some of that mystery will be revealed to you if you're willing to go deep in your friendships. And so now let's take a deep breath. And in order to take this breath, I want to go to the scriptures and to read last Sunday's gospel. And of all the gospels, I think last Sunday's gospel is one of the most provocative gospels that there is. It's the gospel of the Canaanite woman. It's the woman who Jesus compares to a dog. Now, whenever Jesus does something shocking, he does so for a reason. Hopefully this stops the buzzing. Nope. Only made it worse. Okay. We're not going to do that. Um, whenever Jesus does something shocking, he does so for a reason. He grabs our attention in a particular way. And when he grabs our attention, it's so we can encounter who he is in a more profound fashion. So I want to read you this story slowly, and I want you to allow yourself to be shocked by what Jesus says. To consider, for the ladies here, how would you feel if someone treated you this way? And for the men, how would you be treated, or how would your mom speak to you if she heard you have this kind of conversation with a woman who came up to you? And so this is what we hear. And Jesus went away from there, and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came and cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. 
And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. He had done for you as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. And so it's something shocking that we hear with how Jesus responds to this woman. But in some sense, I think each one of us can probably understand his response at a certain level. Because each one of us, at some point in our life, have the experience of being that woman. Have you ever had something that you really wanted, that you wanted really badly, and you've told God about this thing that you wanted, and he doesn't respond right away, and he seems to be silent? And then what do you do when that happens? This is exactly what that woman experienced. And many of us, we spend so much time with lots of thoughts and lots of worries occupying our minds. Our minds are racing all over the place about what we desire in life or about a particular crisis that we have, whether it be someone that we love is sick or it could be as simple as the next test that we're preparing for. And we spend so much time, and sometimes when we pray, we simply cry out, Jesus, help me, because I have a test coming up. And it would be great if you could help me understand all the material for the test. Jesus, help me because my grandma's sick and I want you to make her better. And this is one form of prayer. It's a very simple form of prayer. But sometimes Jesus responds in such a way so as to draw us deeper. You'll, if you notice the details of the scripture, the woman was quite far away from Jesus. She couldn't see him face to face when she first cried out to him. Because he was able to have a full conversation with his friends without her hearing. When they were saying, hey, Jesus, sent her away. And he maintained his silence. By maintaining her silence, his silence, he gave her a choice. That she was able, able either to come straight up to him, to look him face to face, to look him in the eye. Or she could have walked away. And she chose to come up to him and to look him in the eye. And then what happened? This woman was a Canaanite woman. She wasn't an Israelite. And so she didn't think of herself as belonging to God's chosen people because she wasn't a daughter of Abraham. And so Jesus responds by pointing out that difference, that she's a Canaanite. And Jewish people, in a derogatory sense, would sometimes refer to Canaanites as dogs. And Jesus plays into that stereotype and that prejudice. But in doing so, he offers to her a deeper invitation. When he responds that it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs, what he's inviting her at a deeper level is he's inviting her to place herself under his authority. Because up until that time, she was asking for him to do her a favor, but she didn't understand herself to be completely under his authority. And she responds with that beautiful act of faith when she says, well, even the dogs eat the scraps from the master's table. She places herself under the authority of Jesus. And when she does so, Jesus is overwhelmed with joy, with this positive emotion. This is one of only two compliments that he gives in the entirety of the scriptures. The other is to the centurion, who's praying for his son. When he says, woman, great is your faith, let it be done for you as you ask. And so this woman, by placing herself under his authority, receives everything that she desires. 
And so this is the way that we can take a deep breath as we're getting ready to plunge into this semester. Is I want to invite each one of you, um, we're going to do a prayer exercise in just a minute. I'll take about 30 seconds of silence. And in the silence, I want you to consider, what is that thing that I desire from God right now? It could be being comfortable making new friends. It could be doing well in your classes, falling into a good rhythm of life. It could be growing in a particular virtue in this coming year. But consider, what is that one thing that I desire from God right now in my life? What am I asking him for? And when we ask him, it's important we don't ask him as the Samaritan woman did or the Canaanite woman did at first, where we say, simply say, Jesus, give this to me, solve my problem so I can go my own way. But we allow Jesus to bring us to that place of a deeper surrender to him, where we are placing ourselves under his authority, where we're allowing him to take care of everything that we carry within our lives, everything that's heavy, everything that's good. All of it is meant to be brought into union with Jesus. And after taking those 30 seconds of silence, I'm going to lead us through a little meditation from this, from this book, but it's called The Surrender Novena. And so I'll read three short passages, and it's written in a way that you imagine Jesus speaking these things to you, where we surrender to him those things that we're worried about, those things that are weighing, up, weighing upon us, to allow him to take care of them. And in between each passage, we can repeat together three times the refrain, O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. And so now let's close our eyes and take about 30 seconds of silence and consider what is that thing that is weighing upon you this evening that you want to bring before Jesus tonight. say to you, why do you confuse yourself by worrying? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect you desire and resolves all difficult situations. We can pray together. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. You are sleepless. You want to judge everything, direct everything, and see to everything, and you surrender to human strength, or worse, to men themselves, trusting in their intervention. This is what hinders my words and my views. Oh, how much I wish from you to surrender to help you, and how I suffer when I see you so agitated. Satan tries to do exactly this, to agitate you and to remove, remove you from my protection and to throw you into the jaws of human initiative. So trust only in me, rest in me, surrender to me in everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. O oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. 
Close your eyes and let yourself be carried away on the flowing current of my grace. Close your eyes and do not think of the present, turning your thoughts away from the future, just as you would from temptation. Repose in me, believing in my goodness, and I promise you by my love that if you say, you take care of it, I will take care of it all. I will console you, liberate you, and guide you. O Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. O Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. O Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. As you go about the semester in this coming year, there are two ways that you can go about it. On one hand, you can constantly be setting little goals for yourself and be filled with different worries and concerns as you go from task to task, from one test to the next, or preparing for different social events, trying to date you know, the cute guy down the, down the street. But that can fill our hearts with worry if we live like a bee that's constantly buzzing from one flower to the next. God desires for us to live with a much deeper kind of peace. And so my invitation, my great desire for each one of you as you go about this year, is that you can grow in the habit in, in a small way every day, even if it's only three minutes of your, of your day each day, to consider what is that thing that's causing me the most anxiety or the most worry right now? And to pray that simple prayer, Jesus, I surrender this thing to you, and I'll allow you to take care of it. Because when we live in this way, it allows us to live with a great freedom of heart, the interesting thing about swimming, when you're in the middle of a race, is sometimes, not every time you would race, but sometimes it would happen that even as your arms and your legs are moving as fast as they can to get through the water, you would feel this great interior peace, that you could feel the rhythm of your heartbeat as it was slowly throbbing, pumping blood through your body. It's when you were what, was what some athletes call the flow, that there's this perfect rhythm of your body moving through the water. And that's actually when you're the fastest, when it seems like all of your body has slowed down because it's moving at the right pace and it's moving in harmony. And this year, you can enter the flow if you surrender those anxieties and those worries to Jesus on a daily basis and you allow him to fulfill you and you allow him to move through life with you.